1: What's going on Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Bring the Juice. Your guys Derek and Cody here as always. Guys, we are less than a week away from the draft. It is basically four days from the time that we're recording this. So guys, we're super excited and we figured we would reintroduce uh, this exact topic again and we're going to re-rank our positions of need for the Colts leading up to the draft. You know, it's been a couple weeks since we've done something like this and a few more positions have been addressed for the Indianapolis Colts. You know, they signed Gilmore, added, uh, brought back a few guys, let a few guys walk. So now we have to talk about, you know, what exactly the Colts need to do here to kind of fill some of these spots going into the draft. So we'll start from... Uh, we have five positions here that we're going to take a look at. We'll start from the fifth to the number one, the most important position that needs to be addressed for us. Uh, number five here, Cody, we pretty much discussed it. Uh, it was cornerback depth at this point. You, you have Stefan Gilmore that you obviously acquired in free agency. So you feel pretty good about the starters that you have coming into this season. But, you know, there is a few guys that are still on the market That we haven't re signed. And, you know, Xavier Rhodes doesn't appear to be coming back. TJ Carey, you haven't re signed. You brought Marvell Tell back, but you got rid of Rocky Sin uh, in that trade earlier. So you're still looking for a few guys here. What say you about that?
2: Yeah, and especially, you know, you brought in Gilmore. Obviously, he's going to be your number one corner if he's healthy. But that is the big if, right? Because Gilmore, the last two seasons, I believe he's played in 14 combined games or something like that. Needless to say, he's missed a good amount of time the last two years. Now, I know he had that major injury that kind of lingered a little bit. But, you know, he's 31, going to be 32 years old here very soon. So, you know, we all know the shelf life of the NFL, especially at corner. um, When you get nicked up, when you're not 100 percent, We saw what happened with Xavier Rhodes last year, right? When you're not 100%, you're kind of a liability out there. So, you know, in the event that Stephon Gilmore, you know, misses some time, like he has the last couple seasons, I mean, who's going to be that number, potentially number two outside corner, right, for you right now? I mean, right now, what is it? Marvell Tell would be your guy right now. Um, And maybe not even him because, I mean, he got cut. So needless to say, all that to say, you don't really have a lot of depth outside of that. Maybe Brandon Faceon, I guess, would be the guy that would probably you would think would be that number two corner. But outside of that, then who else do you have? You know, so I think it's imperative to get another corner in here. Um, you know, and I think the reason why we have it here so low at number five is because you do have four guys you legitimately feel like could be quality starters for you. You know, you brought in Brandon Faceon, you brought in Stefan Gilmore, you already had Isaiah Rogers who took a big leap last year. We think he's probably going to take another big leap this year, hopefully. And you do have Kenny Moore who just made the Pro Bowl. So you have good a good four starters, but I don't think it would hurt, especially because Gilmore's only on a two-year deal. Um, and you don't think, you know, unless he's still balling it out at age 34, he's probably not gonna sign another contract with Indianapolis. Right. So you need to start thinking ahead, I think, and getting another corner, a guy that could probably immediately fill in at special teams right away, but also, you know, can just give you a little bit more flexibility because you found guys like Isaiah Rogers in round six. You've been able to find some of those guys. And then you have Marvell Tell. So you don't really know with some of these guys, but I think it's worth taking a chance. And I think, especially at corner, I think corner and maybe offensive line are two positions that you just almost need to add a couple guys every single year because of, you know, how tough those positions are. So all that to say, I think that corner needs to be at least on the list, potentially, maybe not a second round pick or a third round pick, but certainly should be addressed. I think in some shape or form, maybe in those, mid to later rounds is my opinion.
1: Yeah. I mean, and especially because, you know, Kenny Moore's going to need a new contract here very shortly. They're going to have to pay him. Uh, Isaiah Rogers, you know, if he takes that big leap, right. I mean, that's what we're trying to think here is, you know, we hope he takes that next step. If he does it, then you have to reconsider that second outside corner position. So, you know, it's like, you're right when it comes to The shelf life of an elite cornerback, a lot of times, it's a very narrow window and a lot of guys miss it very quickly. And, you know, we've seen Ballard take a few of those uh, defensive secondary guys in a few mid to late round uh, picks and have really turned out to be really young studs that we think are still developing and are still getting better. So, you know, you feel confident that Ballard in the third, fourth, fifth, sixth round can find a defensive stud that they think can they they can develop. Uh, And, you know, with Mike Mitchell now being back there, you know, helping guys out, uh, coaching them, you think that that can definitely be something to look forward to. Um, Okay, so position number four of need. And we kind of bounced it with offensive line and defensive line, sort of in a way. But I think the most pressing issue is the offensive line for that. So that's number four here on this list. Cody, I mean, we know they got a good starting five. We know this for sure. But, you know, when we're talking about depth purposes, you know, we've lost quite a few guys this offseason. How important is it that the Colts try to find somebody on the interior to help make up for losing Reed and Lewinsky this year?
2: Yeah, I think it's huge. And you, you lost Eric Fisher, too, who I know people had their opinions on. He wasn't very great last year, but he still was a starter for you. He still played a good amount of the snaps for you. So you have Matt Pryor at left tackle. You have Danny Pinter who I thought played well and obviously the Colts are very high on. He's gonna probably fill in at right guard. So, but outside of that, who do you really have that, you know, can really fill a position of need right now? Say one of these guys goes down because the Colts were hit with a lot of injuries last year at offensive line. And you had guys like Chris Reed, Mark Glowinski, you know, Danny Pinter, Matt Pryor. You had three, four guys that could come off the bench and play extremely well for you. Right now, who do you have? Will Fries, maybe?
1: Yeah, Will Fries. I mean, that's really all the interior depth you have at the moment. So
2: Yeah, so I think all that to say, I think offensive line depth is so important. Um, You need to figure it out, and you need to get a couple more guys here. I know we've talked about potentially, you know, do the Colts go address left tackle, and I'm sure we'll talk about that in a little bit, but I think strictly from the interior offensive line standpoint, you need to get another guy or two in there, you know, to help Will Fries out, Uh, maybe get another guy to, you know, be a backup center. I don't know what it is. You know, you just need, you know, the quality that you lost in free agency, I think can't be understated. And I think is why we were a little bit puzzled. Why you let both those guys, Chris Reed and Mark Lewinsky walk. I thought you probably should re-sign one of those guys because we all know, man, a couple of years ago, you were kind of screwed when it came to offensive line depth. You had to rely on guys like the Raven Clark and Chaz green. And ultimately Derek, that cost you
1: games. Yeah, and it's last year. I mean, if it wasn't for the depth we did have at that group, we, we would have walked into Arizona and would have lost that game by probably 30.
2: Right. You, you had, I mean that, and that is the, that is right there. The point, like offensive line depth matters. Cause you never know when you're going to have that kind of crazy game. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't the most perfect performance from the offensive line, but you were still able to have a chance in that game and you still won that game, you know, because of that because of the depth that Chris Ballard has built. Now, I will say this, Derek. I will say offensive line interior depth and just finding quality players there is a lot easier than finding tackle depth, which I think is why the Colts probably have had more success at finding that the last couple of years than they have, say, getting another backup tackle. You know, Matt Pryor is the exception to that, but you know what I mean. So I do think interior offensive line depth, uh, I, I really think that that is a position that you can draft a little bit later on um, as opposed to maybe a tackle or something like that, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a little bit. But all that to say, you got to get some quality guys in there, whether it is in the draft, whether there are a few more guys in free agency. I don't know. I think maybe it would serve you well to draft a guy and sign a guy in free agency as well, just because you need to have that depth. It is so critical. And I think Chris Ballard understand, understands that better than anybody because he's experienced it firsthand when you don't have depth versus when you do.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, the the Colts' offensive line depth has been tested every year since 2019 in in so many different ways. You know, Jacoby Brissett had that issue when both of our tackles went out for an extended period of time. 2020, you know, a couple guys get hurt, um, and then you had to move some guys around, especially when uh, Anthony Costanzo was having some issues late in the season. Uh In 2021, again, like when half our offensive line went out because of COVID, you know, he had to put all these different guys in, and then in Arizona they got hurt, and and every that that got tested all the way down to the last man. Yes, and there were nine offensive linemen on that roster, and every single one of them saw playing time in that game because of just everything going on. So, you know, I mean, you're right; it, it's so important, and and I agree with you. Uh, finding those is a little bit easier uh, in the later rounds. I mean, we saw they've had some relatively decent success at finding some good offensive linemen, especially late. I mean, we saw, uh, I mean, Matt Pryor was, I think was a sixth or seventh round uh, draft pick uh, early in his career. I mean, Danny Pinter, fifth rounder, you know, Ballard said they wanted to actually go up sooner to try and get him because they didn't think he'd fall that, uh, that far. But, you know, Danny Pinter, who, really had never played offensive line up until his final two years of college. I mean, he ends up now being probably presumably the starting right guard for the Indianapolis Colts. And we have one of the better O lines in the league. So that's a very outstanding order. Yes. Um, And to be fair
2: as well, like you found guys like Chris Reed for, Pennies on the dollar, right? You found guys like that who have been quality starters. You found Mark Lewinsky who's a waiver claim, if you remember, in 2018. So, like, you can find some quality guys there. Now, is it going to be in the draft? Is it going to be, you know, maybe later on in free agency? That's to be determined, but I still think it's a need, and you can't afford to not address it. I don't think Ballard will. I think he will address it here. Maybe not as soon as we all wanted it to, but I do think he understands that, and I think the Colts will address it. We'll see if the draft you know, produces maybe one or two guys there in those mid to later rounds. Uh, not sure exactly, but certainly needs to be addressed.
1: Absolutely. All right, so we'll go to number three. And number three and number two is debatable uh, for some people. But for us, number three is going to be tight end. And the reason why I had this here at tight end for number three is because I see it as we do have Molly Cox You do have Kylan Granson, who you drafted last year. You see potential in. That's why I'm saying tight end is not the highest of needs because you do have a couple of guys there that do show potential and you feel that with a new quarterback and Matt Ryan who might be able to get the ball to them a little bit more effectively, you feel that their numbers could that their numbers could definitely be inflated with another year in the offense and with a better quarterback. Am I right in saying that Cody?
2: I would think so. I think they're really high on Kylan Granson. I feel like they've even said, right. They didn't use him well last year. So, you know, I don't think that was any fault of his own. I think the Colts just couldn't figure out ways to get him involved. You know, is that the quarterback? Is that on Frank Reich? Is it a combination of the two? I kind of think it's that, but all that to say, yeah, they're really high on a guy like Kylan Granson. Mo Ali Cox, you know, they paid him a good amount of money to be on their team. So they must believe in him in some way. Um, but I do think it still certainly needs to be addressed in the draft. You know, I really think you need to get another guy out there that you know, can help stretch the field vertically. You know, I really think you do. Uh, we've talked about a few guys in the, the mock drafts that we've come up with and stuff like that. Um, I do think it's a big need, though, still, because Jack Doyle was a big loss. Whether or not people are willing to admit it, he was a big loss because he did a little bit of everything, right? He was a really good run blocker. And he was a leader in that locker room. Like People respected Jack Doyle a ton. So you have to address it. You need to get a third tight end, whatever whatever that looks like, however you do it. I think the draft's probably the route to go because free agency, there's not a ton of guys left. um, And I do think there's a lot of quality prospects in here in those mid rounds that I think would serve the Colts really well moving forward. Um, you know, there's not a lot of top end talent when it comes to tight end, but there's a lot of guys within that round two to three range. So I could realistically see that being an option for this team. If one of those guys falls to them, or for example, like they did with Jonathan Taylor, they see a guy kind of falling a little bit, a couple picks ahead of them and they trade up and get him. I could realistically see that being an option. So all that to say, tight end, probably not as big of a need as the two other positions that we're talking about, but certainly is a need that needs to be addressed.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're talking about some of the mid-rounds and uh, what they could potentially do at the tight end position. How likely do you think it is that they draft one in the second or third round? Because, I mean, there is about three or four guys at the front end of that tight end class that realistically could be had at the second and third round if you went and reached for them. I mean, just to bring a couple names to mind, Trey McBride. Uh, Greg Dulcich, you know, Jeremy Rucker is in there as well. Um, and Jelaney Woods, who's been, you know, who looks like a moali Cox 2.0. I mean, big, big and fast and, you know, can do stuff like that. Um, what, what what do you think the odds are that the Colts stretch for a tight end early? Again, I'm not yeah. saying that it's the number one knee, but I'm saying that like when you look at where they're drafting at, and we we're going to talk about wide receiver later on in this, but... There are a lot of wide receivers in the third or fourth round that you can go and get that are pretty decent. But you know, with the tight end position the way it is and the way it's set up, is it logical that the Colts stretch for a tight end early? I think it depends on the board. Honestly,
2: like if if there's a tight end that's out there that in their board is far and away better than any wide receiver out there or any left tackle out there, I think it's very likely. I think it's very likely. I mean, how many times have we been surprised at the Colts taking a position that we don't necessarily think is the number one need, but the player that's there far outweighs any other player. Like last year, for example, it was the Pay versus Christian Darasol debate, right? We had it back and forth, back and forth. The Colts felt like Pay was far and away a better player than Christian Darasol. And so they took him, despite us saying, you know, going debating back and forth, back and forth, what is more important, left tackle? Or is it, you know, is and it pass rush. rusher? What is it? And the Colts felt like because of, you know, two players at two premium positions that you need to address, they felt like Quiddy was a better player. So I could see a scenario if there's a wide receiver and a tight end and they feel like a tight end is more of an impact player and a better player on their board, they're going to take him, no hesitation. Do not be surprised at all. if round two, Colts take a tight end.
1: All right. Uh, number two, and this one was the debatable one, and that is... The left tackle. We talked about offensive line depth and uh everything else, but you know, we know that Matt Pryor is gonna presumably be the starter at the left tackle to at least start the season out. Uh, I mean, but Cody, there's still a chance that the Colts need to find the long term solution at that spot. We haven't had that for at least two years now. So we're at we might presumably be that way for at least this year. How important is it that the Colts you know, find that future at left tackle to be alongside of Quentin Nelson?
2: I think it's critical, man. It's critical. Like That's a premium position. Your quarterback needs to be protected on his blind side. He needs to be. Now, what if Matt Pryor goes out and plays fantastic? Boom, okay. Your left tackle is solved, hopefully, for the next five to ten years. You feel good about that, right? But on the off chance that Matt Pryor doesn't pan out at left tackle because... How many starts has this guy had at left tackle? I mean, I think not very many more than you and I have, Derek. So that is a concern for sure. Is like right tackle and left tackle, they are very different positions. So um, I think that you can be optimistic about Matt Pryor, but I think you can't be blind in thinking that he's just going to go be your franchise left tackle because those things don't grow on trees, just like pass rushers, just like quarterbacks. So I think it would be wise to get some competition with Matt Pryor. You know, I know they've said he's going to get the first look at left tackle. doesn't mean he's going to win left tackle, right? Because if you get another guy in there, do you draft a guy or maybe heck, if there's a guy that you trade up for potentially, and he goes and competes and beats out Matt Pryor, boom. Okay. That's fine too. I just think you have to get Matt Pryor some competition at some point. I like Matt Pryor as a player, but I think it would almost be foolish to not address it in some way in those first, Uh, three rounds for sure.
1: Absolutely agree. Uh, And then that leads us to the number one position of need. And it's pretty much stayed the same for the last like two months. And that has been wide receiver. Uh, And, and the great thing about this uh, need that the Colts have is that there are plenty of rounds to draft a good wide receiver to try and uh, add weapons for this offense you know, we've been talking about that second round. We've been talking about that third round. Uh, even like double dipping and in the fifth round, having guys like Bo Melton and a couple other guys that could be going really late. Uh, you really think that the Colts have a lot of opportunities at this position. And and I know that the top end of the wide receiver group is uh is gonna be pretty full. I mean, I- I'll tell you what, Cody, I mean if a certain guy like Christian Watson or a George Pickens is available there at 42, are you thinking the Colts end up pulling the trigger on that? I think
2: you have to like, you would almost be foolish to not, you know, but you know, I know we did a mock draft with uh, Zach of no horsing around and in that mock draft. A lot of those wide receivers are taking early. Oh, so yeah. I think, it, yeah, if one of those two guys are there or if there's another wide receiver, the Colts fall in love with um, that they feel like should not have fallen that far. I think they have to take him, but I could also see a scenario where, you know, a lot of those wide receivers are taken. The Colts trade back into the second round, right? They trade back. They maybe acquire another third round pick, and then they're able to get a couple more guys. I could realistically see that being an option too. But yeah, far and away wide receiver, the most important position because you haven't added anything. You have not touched that position. In free agency at all this offseason, you've lost Zach Pascal. You haven't done anything to address it so far, and Chris Ballard kind of talked about that, right? About and I, I do feel like wide receiver is up there on the priority list for them um, because you know you don't have to pay with, especially with how crazy the market is. You don't have to pay those guys for a number of years, right? If they're really good players for you, you have them on those rookie deals for at least the first four years. Um, so I certainly think this is a position that. You not only need to address, you might need to address twice, Derek. You might need to double dip in this draft with how deep this draft class is. Wouldn't be surprised at all if the Colts double dipped in that. And also, the, the book is not closed on T.Y. Hilton's return either. So you still have a few options in free agency if you you know, only draft one guy and you want to add a little bit more depth there or add a little bit more talent there at wide receiver. But certainly when it comes to the NFL draft, Wide receiver is far and away the most important need because it's the need that has not been addressed at all.
1: Yeah. And I I agree with you on the trading back scenario. If there's, if all the receivers that the Colts were wanting to get at 42 had uh, been taken and they feel that there's still some good players to be had in the third, um, I could even see a trade back into the second round to, you know, acquire another third pick or fourth pick, you know, to be able to get an extra position of need, uh, to be able to grab a wide receiver in those 50s, 60s. So I definitely agree with that. Uh, Let us know, you guys, in the comments on what you feel the positions of need should be ranked at. Uh, Should it be wide receiver, left tackle, tight end, offensive line, defensive back, or should that be changed up a little bit? But let us know your thoughts, guys, just a few days away from the NFL draft. Thank you all again so much for the continued support. And as always, guys, go Colts.
3: Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network.